Hey, gorgeouses, my what the fuckery lovers. Hello, lover. Hi, liker. Hi. Thank you for your support. And as a special gift for the holiday, there is promo code fuckery10. The link will be in the show notes for our merch. Oh, yeah, we've got merch now, people. Show me some love, show us some love, and send us pick that we will post on Insta when you get your swag, uh, the What the Fockery podcast swag store. The link is below. And if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, feel free to do so. Lots of really cool content, more to come. Check it out. Stay with us. And without further ado, enjoy this episode. Creative producer, executive producer, producer, associate producer, casting producer, senior supervising producer, supervising producer, story producer, segment producer. What the fuckery is a producer? Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. If this is your first time, welcome. And here's what you can expect. What the Fockery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, or concepts we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth whether we accept them or not. And if in that process we manage to bring clarity to you, dear listener, then thank you for being curious, open, and willing. And in that vein today, I have an extraordinary, a special, special guest Naila Durrani. She is a freelance reality casting producer based in Los Angeles. She hails from Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas area and considers herself a Texan at heart, but moved to LA and has been in the biz for over 10 years. She currently is casting for America's Got Talent, seasons 12, 13, 14, and now 15, at Fremantle Media in Burbank. She takes fire-eating classes and drum lessons because, well, she's not boring at all. She enjoys dating and has been divorced for over seven years now. And what a fascinating woman. Mm Fire-eating? What the fuckery (laughs) is that? Is that a separate episode? I think it could be. (laughs) You should interview my fire-eating teacher. Oh my yeah. gosh. How long have you been fire eating? Um, I've been fire eating now for six months. Oh, yeah. Okay. So pretty, pretty new novice yeah. level myself. But um, I was just bored, honestly, with just working uh-huh. and being in and it's okay. And being inundated with work. I was I was bored with working and being inundated with work. Um, and I knew I had a day off with nothing to do. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'll I'll rent a room on Airbnb and get out of town just for the night, you know, and just 
just take myself on a quick adventure with me and my dogs. And I couldn't find an Airbnb for one night that allowed dogs anywhere. And so there was this other little button on Airbnb that said experiences. And so when you go to these towns and you rent an Airbnb, you can also rent an experience from somebody who's local. This is a great commercial for this, but... Yeah, I, was about, I was thinking just that. Yeah, uh-huh. just this. But, I mean, that's exactly what happened. I hit experiences and there was this class that said, you know, uh, throw clay. And I was like, oh, I always wanted to do that. But it was a little out of my price range. I was like, that's, that's not exactly what I wanted to do. And then I saw this one that said fire eating. And in my mind, I was like, well, I wonder if this girl's ever been on TV before and if I can catch her. Oh, you went in with like the <laughs> pr- producer hat with on, like hat. yeah, your day off and you're yeah. working. And Go I'm working. On. Yeah. yeah, you're uh, not boring. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'll look her up. So I went to her page on Airbnb, looked up her name, went on Facebook, saw we had like 40 people in common. So I was like, okay, at least I know this woman is legit, you know. And so I signed up for the class, if not for anything but networking. And um, within 30 minutes, I honestly did not think I was going to walk out of that class actually doing it. Um, And it was just her and me. There was nobody else. It was just her and I. And yeah, after 30 minutes, she's like, okay, it's your turn. And I was like, oh, we're going to do this now. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And I did it. Wow. And I just... Got it, and your mouth survived. My mouth survived. There's no protective, nothing. We don't put anything in our mouths or on our mouths or around our mouths. It is your spit and fire, um, and cutting off oxygen. And at the end of the day, you know, it's science. All right. Well, you're gonna have to give me her information. I will have her on. This is fascinating. Yeah. See, this is actually how I meet my guests. Yeah. I do things like you do. Like I just see something happening. I walk in. Like, oh, what's this? Yeah. Let me find out. And of course, hearing great experiences that get have had and I get yeah. referrals. This is exciting. You can do it while you're a podcast. How about that? Oh, well, we'll have to. Uh, to <laughs> You'll videotape that I'll one. I'll have to videotape that. Would that be considered a talent enough for, for, for AGT? Um, it is a good talent, but that was another reason why I took the the class um, was because I wanted to better understand. That was my challenge for this year. I want to better understand the talents that I'm casting. If you look at AGT and you look at the history of AGT, there hasn't been a lot of fire acts on the show. We've had acts with pyrotechnics. Right. We've had acts that jump through a fire, but not really playing with fire. And I mean, after taking one class and posting a video, I saw the interest from people. I mean, sure, it was shocking for people to see me do it, but I honestly saw, how is that done? How did you do that? You know, so I saw, okay, this is something that there's there. Now, the problem with fire eating, and I've learned now, is that those sticks that you dip into the, at the end of the day, lighter fluid, um, it's only, it can only be flammable for so long. So if if they're sitting on stage for two minutes while you're interacting with the judges and they go, okay, start your talent, you have to go back, dip them, you know, and also on top of that, there are fire safety rules when you're inside an establishment, there are fire rules that the establishment has made Mm -hmm. where you can't, you know, have fire, there's smoke that hits the... So you are beyond aware, so you are actually... Yeah. Yeah, so you, this is great. This is actually... So now I'm more aware, and now I'm I'm reaching out to fire artists, and I'm saying, okay, well, look, I also eat fire, so I understand where you're coming from, but these are why we can't do these tricks. Can we do something else? Can we do it in a different format? Can we do it some... So now it's making me better understand. And you're also a good safety advocate, because you get it firsthand. Yes, yes. So... 
How did it all begin for you? Because you have an interesting background. You kind yeah. of started life, you know, you worked for Disney when you yeah. were back in, was this back in Texas or yeah. here? All right, tell us a little bit about so, that. So uh, so just from like high school perspective, like starting from that, or not perspective, the high school timeline. Um, I started, uh, when my senior year in high school, there was a guy who came into our TV radio film class because I was like the anchor of my district channel and told the football stuff, like the news and Looking back at that time, I hated it then. I hated being the anchor. Um, I wanted to be like in TV, but I thought, you know, who I was, I had to be the anchor. You didn't like, like being the talent. I didn't like being the talent. And you still don't? You still don't. Wow. I don't like it at all. I don't like being the, I like being the center of attention with my friends and my family, but not with strangers. I don't want to be like on I a get stage. That. Yeah. Um, I like being a storyteller, but I don't want to be on stage being a storyteller. You don't want to be the one telling the story, mm-hmm. but you'll let someone else tell your story. Sure. But you'll write it down for them. Sure. Get it. Not, not a problem. Um, but uh, so the, he came in and he was talking to my TV radio film class and he worked for another radio station um, and its sister station was Radio Disney. And so I had approached him. I was the only one in the class that said, I'm actually interested in radio. I've always been interested in radio. I've never really wanted to be on TV because, again, I don't mind talking, but I don't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So I thought radio may be the place I should be looking into. And so um, I ended up getting a job with Radio Disney. And I was um, a promotion person for a long time and then for about three years. And then after three years, they actually made me um, one of like the – MCs out at events. So I had promotion people with me, but I was MCing the event. So it was it was actually really nice. I, I felt really respected at the company and I loved my bosses. And, um, and then what happened next? Well, I, I moved to Los Angeles. I got married. Right after? Uh, High school? No, no, no. I was 24. So I'd gone to school for a while. I dropped out of school. Um, I was just going to community college and it just, I was enjoying my my life more at work than I was at school. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have friends at school. I was just going to class Listen, and then leaving. School, I've I've come to that realization having taught I taught. I was an adjunct uh, professor at a university oh, for amazing. a while. Yeah. And I have to say, school isn't for everyone. And that's okay. You know, and I I I'm I'm big. I'm like, go to a trade school. Find what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And if you absolutely need a degree, then guess what? You will like school. Yeah. But if you, yeah. So I'm sorry to have interrupted, but marriage, at which point did you marry? In between all of this or did you marry before you got to L.A.? So I got married when I was 24, and then I moved to Los Angeles right after that. My ex-husband lived in Los Angeles, but we'd known each other since, like, grade school. Um, We didn't date each other since grade school. It's not one of those stories. But we we met up back up in college, and then after two years of dating long distance, we were just like, let's get married. Let's do this. Um, So I moved to L.A. and immediately started working as a receptionist in a production office. And I used every single person who walked in as a new contact. So the producer who walked in, I became friends, not friends, but I was friendly, friendly with them. With, yeah. yeah. And I made sure they knew my name, you know, and my name's unique. So it's really like, it's not just like, oh, hey, Sarah, like every single time they would have to remember my name. And I would always like make a joke about like, oh, it sounds like the Nile River. And I would move. What was hand. the 
end game for you? Was there an end game or was this just your personality? Um, I never really knew what my end game was at that time, but I just knew and I've always been built to uh, recognize that every connection is a good connection. You never know, you know, when you're going to need that person, um, need, use, whatever, like I, I hate saying use, but I think we're I all... I understand what you yeah. mean. Utilize. Utilize, yes. you know, and we are. We're all utilizing our connections, especially in this city. I think it is a city about networking. Um, you know, that's why I do podcasts. You know, I want people to hear me who've never heard me before. You know, I want, you know, talents to go, oh, that's the person I want to work with instead of the six other people who work in my office. You know, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I want to be the best at what I do. Um, and at that time when I was working as a receptionist, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I just knew I needed to connect with these people in case tomorrow I become a producer. Um, that was my goal at the time. I wanted to be on set and work as a as a coordinator possibly, which I did get to do eventually later on, um, and then move into you know producing or assist producing. But as soon as I actually got on set and was working alongside with people, number one is a very male-oriented you know, industry yes, and being on set, being one of like four or five women, I, I just didn't like it. It wasn't like I ever felt uncomfortable personally. Nothing was ever said to me. Nothing was ever done to me. I was never put in any weird positions. But at the same time, you know, it just I I felt as though it, it just wasn't it wasn't a female driven industry. And while working on set, another female who I worked with who our personality types are completely different from each other. She is uh, very much a coordinator, organizer, um, and I am too, but she's quiet. You know, she doesn't talk unless she needs to talk. Um, she doesn't share her opinions openly. She doesn't ask people about their stories. And truly in the background. So truly in the background, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but very good at her job. Sure. And she was very, very nice um, to give me jobs after I left being a receptionist. She remembered me. She remembered how nice I was. She remembered how good I was with the organization. So she's like, I'll just give this girl an assistant job or a PA job, you know, and just have her do a little work for me as a coordinator. And so I appreciated that. But then she pulled me aside and she's like, man, you talk a lot. And she didn't mean it <laughs> in a bad way. Didn't mean it in yeah. a bad way. She's like, have you ever thought about going into casting? And I was just like, no. And she's like, well, with casting, you ask a bunch of questions. You get to know the talents. You 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 pitch the talents to your producers. And I was like, I'd never even wow. thought about casting before. And so I just um, applied for an assistant job in a casting office, started again at the very bottom. And I was hired, you know, the first after the first interview, they hired me. They liked my personality. I think when casting people um, – are interviewing you they're also you're all you're in an audition you have to also know how to audition right you know so I was auditioning for my job you know um, so your producers wanted to see if you were go if you had personality exactly in order to get personality out of the potential acts yeah. or talents yeah. Okay. yeah so your first casting job was with um, so my first casting, and that's another thing, a lot of times when you get hired, you're getting hired by casting companies that are working for production offices, that are working for the show or the production company. So it kind of goes, to, I've never really worked with producers before I worked at America's Got Talent. I only worked with casting offices. So the first casting company I worked with was Metal Flowers Media. It's based in Hollywood. It was, I believe it was a great company for me to start with. They are very strict with their organization and their grids. And 
And that was one thing I really learned there. And what and, do you mean by grids? Uh, so we everybody keeps grids of information. I'm sure you keep a, a Rolodex of information. It's just our Rolodex of information. And so. that's the that's parlance and the industry grid. Yeah, we have so, a grid. Yeah, because we, we are educating my listeners, yeah. right? So when they hear, yeah, someone's got a grid, we, we now all know what that means. Yeah, it just a, means Rolodex, yeah. except it's computers. Yeah, it's, it's a Google digital grid. It's, it's a, a Google grid. It's okay. a Google grid of information. <laughs> it's shareable. We can all, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have I have an, as, an assistant that works for me or works with me um, on the side and she it, has access to my grids. So only my personal grid, not anything I share with producers or anything mm-hmm. like that. So my personal one that I use for organization, like I have grids of just my comedy clubs. I have a grid of just comedy festivals. I have over 200 comedy festivals that I'm in contact with. But so, this This is all for America's Got Talent. Not necessarily, Uh because I work for many different reality shows. Oh, yeah. So just to keep track track, track, where we're going. I'm tracking where we were. So you started to work in casting. For Metal Flowers Media. Okay. And And the first job, um, as you asked, the first job that I had there was a show called Bam's Badasses on TBS. Um, I'd never worked in reality casting. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, And they just were like, okay, this is the grid. And I was like, oh, what is a grid? And then they have color coding. And I'm like, oh, what do the colors mean? Everybody color codes differently. You know, so it was really good for me to just jump on. I jumped on. They put me with an amazing casting producer at that time. Weirdly, she's out of casting now. But, and she does, uh, like... Derm, what is it? Dermatology and stuff like that. It's weird. Wow. Anyways, she went to skincare. Skincare, yeah, totally different field. But um, she she showed me how to approach people because I was totally shy. Like, how do you just walk up to somebody? And go, you want to be on a show called Bam's Badasses? It's like <laughs> that's not how you approach somebody. You no. also have to know what you're finding. Um, and it, and it was through working with her and under her, I just started picking up the phones and calling, you know, gyms and like, hey, we're casting a show and we're looking for people who want to go through like a ninja kind of warrior type of show where we're going to put you into like physical extreme things and you're going to compete. It's kind of like scouting. Yeah, it's scouting. It's totally scouting. scouting. It's all scouting. So you go to the areas where this, you might find this specific specific thing. thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So then you fly, you did that successfully. Yeah. And then what next? So I stayed with the same company. So being a freelancer, you know, job or jobs, um, being a freelancer, casting companies can say, okay, well that job's done. Thanks. And let you go. So you're like an at will employee. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like to say it's like a general contractor, you know, I'm building a house. Once the house is built, I don't stick around because I'm the plumber and go and just stand outside. Let me know when you need plumbing and (laughs) keep paying me because I'm going to stand out here until you need me. Got you it. know, um, you're on your own. I'm on my own. So, so you're out, you're your own boss. Yeah, kind, kind of, kind of. I mean, of. once I take a job, then I'm not. But you have to answer I, I to pick people. my jobs. Exactly. I pick who I want to work with. I've definitely nice. worked on a couple projects with certain people that I will never work for ever again. Um, it's like friends. There yeah. are some people you'll never be friends with yeah. again, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and there and there are personality types. You know that. I mean, there are definitely have been in offices or are in offices that I work in where you just have to be mature and, and move on and, and continue working and then no six months, I don't have to work with this person again, you know, so great, you know, and then a year later, you're in another office with them again, you know, you know, so it happens, it happens. And then how do we get to this iconic show, show that's like 15 years in the making? Yeah. Not, yeah. Now yeah. running. So it's funny because America's Got Talent has been on air for 14 seasons going into its 15th, and I pretty much started casting 
halfway through, you know, their season or their show. So I've only been casting technically in reality casting since America's Got Talent has been in season like seven, eight. So I've only been at AGT for the last four or five seasons. So it's, it's, it it's, sounds like a lot, but I know you're looking at it in the 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 macro scale of fifteen yeah. years. Five just doesn't sound like you've been there long. No, but it's it's it seems like a gigantic thing to take on. Yeah, because the show is not about just one talent. It's about any oh. kind of talent. Any kind of talent, and that's why you spend a lot of time in comedy clubs. Yeah. So um, I mean, each person has their niche that they excel in right so there's a girl at my job or my in my office um she's been at america's got talent since season eight she's our longest casting producer um there's another person who's been there since season 10 and then the rest of us have been there only in the last three to five years um but you know her niche is the cirque world the cirque the circus acts, these amazing things. And she loves it too. And she loves going to dance conventions and dancers in and she, Vegas. In and Vegas. Those yeah. Shows. She loves it. And she just, she understands it too. I might see a dance group and be like, they're really cool. And then she looks at me and she watches the video and she's like, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. Look oh, at their wow. legs. They're not straight enough. And so, I mean, there are definitely times where we like put up on the screen, like when they do the splits in the air and I put my pencil up against the screen on pause and I can see that the leg's not perfectly straight. I don't cast that person. Wow, it's that thorough. And this all happens behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So when people For submit. Any show, I've worked on different dance shows too that I've done that with. So yeah. yeah. Have to. So yeah. wow. And then your niche is my niche is comedy. So I'm I'm I don't only work in comedy. I cast an amazing dance group this past year on AGT. I cast an amazing guitarist on AGT this past year. Um, I've definitely cast, you know, other, you know, amazing talents. Um, I actually cast a Cirque talent from from Big Apple Circus um, this past year. Uh, I'm in New York City. But my niche is, is comedy. I go to a lot of comedy clubs. I go to a lot of sketch shows. I go to a lot of comedy festivals. Um... I just, that's what I enjoy. I can sit through 101 comedians in live. one night. Live. in live. one night. Mm-hmm. And my other casting producers are like, oh my God, how do you do that? Oh. I, I can, number one, they're doing two minute formats. I'm not sitting through 101 comedians doing five minutes. Ah, I, I can't see. do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot do that. But, and you just pop up in comedy clubs? Um, or sometimes do I do. You? Sometimes I do pop up in comedy clubs. It's very rare because I do go to so many shows and festivals that I just pop up because I'm I'm already inundated. I don't need to just go. Um, But if someone invites me to a comedy show or a variety show or I see a lineup where I'm like, I've never heard of any of these comedians, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's I know it's a good venue. I will show up. Um, But most of the time I'm in contact with a lot of the people running the shows, like the promoters, the the promoters, the bookers, the comedy club owners, um, agents who are like, hey, you should really check out this girl. And I'm like, "Okay, great. And I go to the shows. Um, Yeah. Beyond. Let me ask you this. Beyond the skill set. Do you also look for that person to have personality or something jazzy of course okay so a comedian would it it would seem to me is it possible and i'm asking this because i personally do not know first of all i admire the fact that someone can stand up there alone oh 100 as an actor at least i have the other actor with me or sometimes you know yeah of course i got to play off of yeah yeah but these are people you are up there on your own Mm. and i can't imagine a comedian not having personality oh is that possible yes it's so possible that is possible so i i've used i've 
I've said this in another podcast before, but it's, it was a long time ago. So I'll say it again. There was this one comedian in particular, and he knows exactly who he is. And are you going to name names? No, I, I, I talked about him. I talked about him in, in his Several best friend's times. podcast. Okay. Yeah. So he knows the story, and I've told it very openly. But I think he is the prime example. He's a great comedian. He's amazing energy on set. But when he walked into the audition room, he walked in with no personality. He said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And then when they started, he d- he got into character. And then when he stopped, he got back out of character. Mm. And they're always looking for someone who's going to, on any show, you know, we want to know that you're going to be able to be a producible person, but not like, okay, here's your script. Now do this script. Now do this script. We want to just be like, okay, say something about yourself. You know, I can so walk in with already on, like yeah. have your fires going. You should know you what to say. Just like, uh, I mean, I just want to say, I of course sent you a blurb about myself. Right. You know, I have to know how to sell myself at the end of the day. You know, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I always tell people, you know, going into an audition is like going on a first date, like you swiped right on Bumble. That person has no idea who you are and you have to sell the best parts of yourself. You always have to be smiling. You always have to have your best face on. You want to sell the best parts of yourself. You never at one time want to be complaining about anything. You know, you want to be super likable. You either want to be the person that they want to grab a drink with or they want to be the person they want to ask on another date. You either want to be friends or more than friends. I like that you're referring to dates a lot because that's actually on your blurb that you enjoy dating. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy dating. Yeah, yeah. Should I have you on? Are you going to become a dating coach? You're going to walk away from everything and become a dating coach? No, I should not. That makes me feel good. I like to say I'm I'm the girl that you date um, while you like I'm I'm every guy's stepping stone. So no, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. They're my stepping stones too. I haven't found my rock yet. It's totally fine. But um, but that's the thing. It's like every guy they they've learned something from me. You know, like the last guy I dated, I dated him for two years and he finally asked me to be his girlfriend after two years and he couldn't learn to trust a girl after his divorce so he finally found someone to trust after he found someone to trust and he made her a relationship he was like I'm not a relationship person he learned that about himself and I'm happy for him screw him but I'm happy for him (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks a lot thanks a lot for taking that time to learn that while we were together two Uh, freaking years years of my life I won't get back yeah 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 but I do, I do believe in every experience and every relationship you learn from and you have to grow from. You know, I definitely learned to trust people again as well. And I also, in that relationship, I learned how not to be psycho. You know, I think with girls, like, we wonder, like, what is he thinking? What is he doing? What is this? Is it? With him, I learned patience. Like, eh, call me when he calls me. And that was something I needed to learn. Cool. Um, so even though I might have you know, in people's perspective, wasted two years on somebody. I didn't. You learned learned, a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Just like what I needed to do. Just like that comedian who now hears you use him as the prime (laughs) example of what not to do. What not to do. In an audition. Hopefully has now learned. He has. Oh, he has. Has he spoken to you? Are you like BFFs and stuff? Oh yeah, we're totally BFFs. Uh, He actually walked out because I got to sit in his audition, which I normally don't get to do. I just happened to sit in his. And so when we walked out, the first thing I I said to him was like what the fuck just happened and he was like what and I was like where is your personality and he's like what are you talking about that was a good audition I go no the audition itself was good your routine where were you the yeah person? where were you I was like you have to imagine they're imagining you on that stage interacting with judges you have to think about that oh. and it was a very much an eye-opening experience and this man is somebody who's 40 years old mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like 
an realization moment. You know, I tell people all the time, use your Google, get a Google phone number and use that in your signature of your emails. If you just write f- sent from iPhone, how am I supposed to call you? I'm going to call the next person. Or if I call you and you don't answer because I'm a telemarketer, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to answer. I'm going to call the next person. By the time you call me back, you're gone. Use a Google number. And it's so amazing. I say that at panels and I look at the comedians in the panel. They're like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah. just eye opening. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with artists. And I'm guilty of that, too. We are not taught the business part of the business. We're like, I'm just going to work on my craft, be the best actor I can be, be the best comedian, best this, best that. Not realizing that there's a whole other thing and a whole other fuckery to deal with. You have to be your own manager and you have to understand how the industry works. Yeah. Um, And good for you and thank you for being (laughs) that casting person who honestly tells you things that you can carry with you and improve. Yes. Very few do that. And I guess that's what makes you so special and unique is that your personality allows you to go to someone, what the F was that, dude? Yeah, yeah. That's great. I, there's not a lot of casting producers like me. Um, I do know a couple. You know, I do know this, and I'll I will yell her name because she's amazing. Her name's Allison Cohen. If you're listening to this, you need to look her up. Uh, she actually um, is an amazing casting director. She books stuff for like Comedy Central. She booked all the voiceover like actors for um, my cartoon president. You know, she she's mostly in the comedy scene as well, which is probably why I and gravitate. she's very much like you. Very much like she, me. She doesn't you honest, honest feedback, feedback. Not yeah. the like, oh. You're not just a number. Great. You know, um, another t- thing I always tell people, no matter what you're auditioning for, no matter who you're reaching out to, when you reach out to someone, you need to reach out professionally um, and write a subject line that makes sense. Don't email someone and just put in the subject line, audition. Which What audition? I'm working on 10 different projects. You don't know I'm working on 10 different projects. But if you help the casting producer help you, you know, you're making their job easier and now they're even more gravitated towards you. You know, when I open up an e- or I look in my emails and I have 250 emails to look at and one of them, all of them just say audition. One says singing. One says Florida audition. I'm like, OK, great. But it says your name. It says singer. It says Florida. And it says America's Got Talent audition. That person, you're on. You're, you're gonna on. click on that. I'm gonna one click first. on that one first. Yeah, 100. And then I go through their email. It says, "Hello, I saw your post on Facebook. You know, um, you're looking for singers in Florida. Here's a clip of me singing. Please let me know if I can get another audition tape. And then actual signature with contact information. Sweet. Yeah. So I don't the, understand that's the, how that's, that's hard. Well, <laughs> yeah. But here's what's incredible. Well, by the way, I tried to be a Facebook friend. Oh, you're maxed out. You're maxed out. Yeah. We cannot friend you on Facebook. I started deleting people, so add me back. I'll try again. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I get to be added to delete one just for Nadege yeah. August. I appreciate yeah. that. Sorry. Okay, so the casting process, you're the casting producer, so you scout these people. You mm-hmm. narrow it down to a certain number, mm-hmm. and then you go, what, you sit and decide by committee who gets yeah. brought in. So, How does that work? So for any show I work on, so I work at America's Got Talent. I just did a, a dance show last summer, which was very similar in casting style as America's Got Talent as well. So basic reality casting in general always is the same normally. You scout for talent. Um, you find them. You convince them that they want to be on the shows because <laughs> sometimes you reach out and they're like, no, I don't want to do your show. I don't get paid, you know, because AGT doesn't pay. Other shows do pay pay you know like gong show paid but agt doesn't because you're competing for a million dollars why are we gonna pay you to compete anyways that's my rant anyway but 
<clears throat> Does the second place person get it something? No, it's just the winner takes all. Yeah. Wow, that's badass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, other people are offered tour to go on a nationwide tour and you're paid for that. In well, Vegas. they get seen. I mean, yeah, some they, people have gotten careers out of oh, just yeah. being competitors, not necessarily Tape the winners. Face. Tape Face came in second and now he has a Vegas show. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, huge. Okay. So, so you get yeah, all casting. the talents together. So I, I find talent that I'm excited about. So mm-hmm. let's just say I found this amazing dancer. She's based out of Florida. She's 15 years old she has an amazing story her name's uh, Kelly Kessling by the way if you want to look her up she she has an amazing story she's an amazing dancer and I go okay you know I'm really interested in you for this dance show I'm working on let's get a Skype interview so I interview her so I find out I can pull out the best little lines of her personality so she sounds and looks the best candidate possible and then I get some videos of her dancing maybe an audition or a routine that's compressed down to what I need so every show's different some is like I need a three minute routine summer like I need a 90 second routine so it just depends on what the show's asking for I get that and I edit it all together so I'm also an editor um, now which I had to learn on my own um, and I edit it all together and then we'll have pitch meetings where we pitch people to our producers and so I'll have maybe five to ten people that week that I'm pitching I'll sit down with them along with other casting producers and we'll show that to our producers and the people that they're interested in depending on you know how the show process works either gets shown to the network of that show so after the producers see it you guys approve it and then they then you take the ones they've approved and you show it to the network so even the network has a say even the network has a say or sometimes for shows like America's Got talent will book them for auditions and so they'll come in and audition in front of us um so it's it just depends on the show but at the end of the day it's the everything goes to the network and the network approves and so once the network approves then those people are the ones who get on the show on the show on the air yeah yeah and i've done and i've done the same thing with a reality house party show it was uh it was for durano fear casting in hollywood and it was called from harlem to the hamptons and they were taking (laughs) people from harlem and people from the hamptons and putting them all in one house That's for the summer. That's a great summer. concept. It was so fun not to cast. Yeah, I bet. It was The personalities so were... And this is probably old Harlem, not the new gentrified Harlem. No, it was right? gentrified Harlem. It was already gentrified? Yeah. Oh, so you got some tame people. I mean, we were looking for those Cardi B's, you know? <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, we were did totally, you find some Cardi B's? Oh, yeah. But okay. it's, it's amazing because through that casting, I actually met a bunch of people that now I'm still in contact with. Uh, one of them I know now lives in Portland, Oregon, and he works for like... Nike or something. Another person I met through that casting works in, um, oh God, where did she go? She builds homes in not Ghana. Somewhere in Africa? Somewhere in Africa or something. Yeah. And it's just who I meet and just. Yeah. You're, you know what they would call you in a personality test. I think you're a connector. Oh yeah. No, totally. That's totally me. You are a total connector and a darn good one. Yeah. And oh, I don't get anything from connecting people sometimes. Not at all. But it's just that easy with you. Yeah. And, um, and I love that you also edit. Can I send you some of the podcasts to edit? (laughs) But wait, no, no. Speaking of, speaking of sending someone to edit my podcast, listeners, hello, 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 marketing team. I'm talking to you. Yeah. You support, 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 subscribe, rate, review. Oh, and support because I really don't want to have to start playing commercials in the middle of uh, my conversations with my guests, guys. That's my begging for the day. <laughs> I 
love it though. I actually was listening to your podcast and you were you were saying that you're listener supported and I thought that was really great. Well, I'm I'd like to be listener supported. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite happening, but because I just started um, yeah. and it took a lot of guts to like ask for yeah. help. But I so believe in what I'm doing here because let's face it, I'm an actor, but what's my end game here? You think what I'm gonna get discovered? I'm gonna get like book a movie, a TV show from like a podcast? Yeah. No, I'm not, right? You're a casting person. You know that's not gonna happen. So I'm doing this because I happen to love the idea of sharing this information of all kinds of information with people. I'm curious. I like to look things up and I like talking to people. Yeah. And um and it's like it's my dharma. Really. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much longer I can sustain, but I want to keep going because I keep meeting amazing people such as yourself and that I'm like, come on, I want to hear your stories. And I'm sure people love to hear stories. Yeah. All right, listeners, you know what to do, right? (laughs) Okay. Anyway, (laughs) back to the topic at hand. Miss Naila Durrani. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? It doesn't matter to me. Oh, I love talking about female, my background. But you are female. But okay, talk about your background. I love talking about my background because I give my parents credit for everything. Mm. Um, I have an interesting backstory only because of my parents. I have to make my story as interesting. You know, um, and that's why I, I do so many things and try to do fire eating because I just saw myself like in a rut and I was like, I'm just not doing anything. I'm not yeah. advancing. Sometimes you have to do something crazy. Like I once bungee jumped and. Oh, no, that's and, not and, me. <laughs> and, and skydove just because I needed to shake things up I, in my life. And yeah. boy, did I was like, you get to do something like fire eating or jump Jumping. out of a plane. Yeah. Whoa. Change your life. Change. 100%. Game changer, people. But I needed to do that because they gave me such an amazing backstory. My parents um, uh, were married in the 70s. My mom is from a small town called Portland, Indiana. So there's Portland, Maine and Portland, Oregon, but nobody knows there's a Portland, Indiana. I know I didn't. No, it's uh, it's about a couple hours outside of Indianapolis. The, it's a farm town. The whole town cemetery is my family. Um, we can trace our family back you know, three, four, five hundred years. Darn. Uh, yeah, we have our family Bible that's over a hundred years old and it keeps getting passed around down the generation. And I have to apologize yeah. to your mother for the title of my podcast. Oh, no, no, she <laughs> loved it. She just was like, she just was like, okay, now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I try not to cuss around my parents. I'm 36 and I've just now started in the last six months. Let a like, couple of F-bombs Oh, flip. yes. I definitely <laughs> dropped an F-bomb yesterday when somebody cut me off and I was on the phone with my mom. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she's from a small town in Indiana, um, born and raised. And my grandfather worked with John Deere tractors for over 50 years. My grandmother was the school, like, secretary, like, totally 50s white people, like, World War II vet. Like, I can't come from a whiter background on my mom's side. My dad, however, is from Pakistan. Um, he moved here when he was 17 to go to school. He went went to school in Indiana. Um, and he w- wanted to join the Pakistani Air Force and become a pilot. And that's something he's always loved planes and everything like that. And I, that's just something I I wish I could give back to my father is putting him up in a plane with somebody. Funny enough, the comedian I was talking about that didn't do the best interview, he's actually An a aviator? pilot. Yeah, he's a pilot. <laughs> so one day... I'm going to get this to work out. I'm like, remember that favor I said I was going to borrow you for? It's like, take my dad up in the plane. Oh, that would make, oh, that that would be wonderful. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But my grandfather refused to let my dad join the military. He was like, no, 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 my son's not going to do this. You're going to go to business school. So 
we sent him to America, thought that was the safest place to send him. go to America and go to business school. Well, four or five years later, he met my mom. Um, and my dad's like, after three months of dating my mom, he was like, we're getting married. And that culture shock definitely rocked everybody's boat on, on both, both sides. sides. I'm sure. Yeah. And this is, Fantastic. this is nice. Saying, and this is in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. 1976. 1974, 1975, something like that. Um, they just celebrated their 44th anniversary, so I think that's about oh, that. Um, but yeah, so do you uh, have siblings? I have one sister. She was born in Indiana. She looks more like my mom's side. And then um, my parents moved to Saudi Arabia for my dad to go work for GM. And so while he was working for General Motors um, in Saudi Arabia, they had me. And so I was born in Saudi Arabia and oh, lived there till I was five. Don't know anything about the country because um, I was just a guest there. <laughs> um, but I did have dual citizenship until I was 18, which I didn't even know until I was 18. <laughs> what happens at 18? You get cut off? Uh, yeah, they sent me a paper and they said, um, like the Saudi government or the American, I don't even remember, but government sent me a paper uh, that my parents were like, you have to sign this. And I looked at it and came in the mail and I was like, what is this? And apparently I had dual citizenship until I was 18 and either I had to decide, do I want to be a Saudi citizen or an American citizen? Oh, you couldn't be both I anymore? couldn't be both anymore. Do we know why? <laughs> is this something within their system or because something was going on politically? No, I think it's like just how the system works. works over there, yeah, okay. so you can only pick one citizenship at, at the time of 18 and then I have to get a visa to go to Saudi Arabia or a visa to come to America. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to stay an American citizen <laughs> and send that back. Yeah, I don't need that anymore. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, so I was born in Saudi Arabia. And then at, when I was five, my parents really thought like, hey, we have two daughters in private, going to go to private school, um, like British private school, and it's going to get expensive. And my mom had already been gone from America for like eight years eight, nine years. So she wanted to come back and see her family. So my parents moved back home to America, but moved to Texas. And so we lived in Texas and then Georgia and then back to Texas. So I, I mostly grew up in the South, even though my whole family was up in Indiana and also in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. So I spent my summers um, on my grandparents' farm in Indiana, um, riding tractors and baling hay and picking corn. God, God. And then That's once, cool. two summers, when I was 13 and when I was 17, I went to Pakistan. Pakistan for two months and spent my summers there in Pakistan. And it was a whole eye-opening thing. My parents didn't come with me. You were on your I was, sent alone. I was sent alone uh, to visit my family members. And I got to go to Karachi. And I got to go to Islamabad, which is up north. And I actually got to walk in the mountains. We went up to the mountains one day. And I got to walk in the Himalayas. Like it was gorgeous and it smelled like jasmine and it was just the most amazing experience. And I would not have had any of these experiences without Word my parents. Enough for your parents. Isn't yeah. that amazing when yeah. we find out? And, and I think it's so important to know who we are, where we come from. Yeah. 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 I thank you for sharing all of yeah. that with us. Yeah. So um, finally, tidbit for any talented person out there who would love to give America's Got Talent a shot. How can can you tell us? Yeah. Can, can I can we get special favor and find out how to reach you? Well, yeah. So if anybody ever wants to audition for any show I'm working on, especially America's Got Talent, for, especially for the next like six to nine months, because uh, that's when I'll be casting for this show. Um, all you have to do is reach out to me by email. Um, you can go to my Instagram, which is where reality meets reality. Where that's the name of your Instagram. That's where reality meets reality. So where sounds my, like a resort. 
Well, I kind of thought it was where my reality meets, meets my reality um, casting world. Got it. No, it's clever. It's I thought, but I it also hoping. would be a great spot. Oh, or a good podcast. Mm-hmm. This is why I do podcasts. I want to <laughs> do. I want to do mine honestly, but I, I just don't have the time. Yeah. But yeah, you're like, no, you don't trust me. Trust <laughs> you me know, don't. This takes a lot of time. Oy. But yeah, you just go to where reality meets reality. Um, you'll see people that I've cast or. Just people I've met on set because some of them I haven't cast. And they cast. can DM you and be like, please, can, can I be me. on your show? Yeah, my email address is there. It's attached to my Instagram. So just, you know, shoot me an email correctly in your email. Like She did give <laughs> tips on how to sound <laughs> professional. Yes. So I found your Instagram. I saw, I heard this podcast. Give credit to this podcast, you know, that you heard me and then went to my Instagram. And, you know, it's it's good to know what works and how to find people. Yeah. Um, and, and just email me and I'll send you an email back of what I'm casting for and how to cast or how to send me information for that casting call. Well, the uh, Anchor, which is the platform that I submit this podcast through and it goes to all the different platforms, they have this cool feature called the voice message where from that app, you can just hit voice message and this a listener can literally talk to me and oh, leave amazing. me. I know. Isn't that cool? That is cool. So having said that, any of you feel like doing that, do that. And if this Sing is a song a- to her. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I'll send it to you. Yes. No, because I've done That'd that. Like when listeners have left messages about a particular show or yeah. guest, I send it. I share it with the guests. I'm and also usually- afraid for you. No, actually so Because far- I can see some jokes coming through to you. Oh, bring it. <laughs> bring the jokes because I will play them on the air. Pranks. Pranks. Where reality yeah. meets reality. I had what? two guys try to prank me this last year. Wow. Um, so they're two. Oh, I have to tell this really, really Please quickly. Sell it. Okay, so I'm going to totally drop their names because I'm sure they would love it. So his name's Jay Light. That's his real name. And Gerard Dean. And they're based out of Los Angeles. And they go to Pack Theater in Hollywood. And they were like, oh, we see this casting producer posting on Facebook. She's looking for alt comedy. Da, da, da. So let's give her a tape. And they gave me a tape of them on stage doing this for two minutes they like come on stage they look like little nice boys and then they take off their shirts and everyone's like ooh right <laughs> like so you're totally into it at first and then they look at each other take their fingers and start fingering each other's belly buttons for two minutes and that's all they do is finger each other's belly buttons for two minutes just over and over again not doing anything else just over and over and I'm just watching this video dying of laughter. I bet. What they didn't know was I actually got them cast on the show. <gasps> and they were on the show this season. And if you go to this season, episode three. Ep- season 14? This season, season 14, episode mm-hmm. three. And you watch Seth Word's episode or Seth Word's routine. It's around the 30-minute right. mark, 45-minute mark. Um, it's a it's a character comedian that right. we have on. He's like a walrus and a giraffe. And in between both of his auditions, there's a seg- there they put him in that segment. And you can see these, these two guys, guys just poking each, each other in the belly, belly buttons. Yeah. And oh. so I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to get pranked. I'm, I'm <laughs> Bring on the prank. I would love to get pranked because I'm, you know what? I pride myself in being a little too sharp to get pranked, but we'll see. Yeah. And yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you for being Thank on the show. Hey listeners, this is it. Subscribe, rate, review, and I will see you next time. Bye. 